Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about my own mental health. I went into details about the personal struggles I've had this year, the professional struggles that led to a lot of anxiety, fear, and anger, um, a lot of loss of friendships, lies and gossip, betrayal, and then just general struggles with streaming because of what happened with Destiny 2 led to a lot of uncertainty, struggles. You may have even heard some of the frustration and anger come out in these Q&A sessions and podcasts if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube. I appreciate you supporting me, and you may, again, again, you may have heard some of that coming through in the uh, in the talks and I decided to be open and honest about the fact that I've been seeing a therapist for seven months and getting help and encouraging others to do so if they've had similar journeys to mine so we're going to do question and answer this will obviously be a little, a little bit of a different question and answer so the first question is stuff and stuff it says thank you for being honest with your mental health yesterday it was a kick in the pants I needed to schedule an appointment to deal with this depression funk that I've been in for 10 plus years I'm excited for this new start to be a better father and hubby well, I I encourage you to keep going, man. That's a great first step. The first step is the hardest. The first step is the hardest. And if you can get past that first step, man, you uh, you can set yourself on that path. And it'll feel like an insanely difficult thing. But in a month, turn around and see how far you've come. You know, climbing a mountain is slow. And you can get discouraged if you're always looking at how far you have to go. You're like, I'm looking up, I'm looking up, I'm never going to get up there. Sometimes you got to remember to look around and look down and see how far you've come. To be encouraged that your journey has progressed uh, and that you've, you've made it further. So hopefully it's the beginning of a really, really great uh, journey for you. And maybe you can even feel like you can come back here and share. Chuck Norris, one year, 12 months of subs. was excited to come and drop one year. I'm glad I dropped in today. Very important topic to talk about. I'm glad to see you're promoting others to seek help. You're dope. Thank you very much, Chuck, for the support, the resub, and the message. Uh, Firewall, do you take any preventative measures to help yourself when times are hard? Habits I found helpful are exercise when, uh, even though I hate it, and cutting caffeine and sugar. For me, uh, rest is the biggest thing I need to do. Putting the phone down, playing with the kids, uh, taking my mind off of things. This morning, I started an hour late. Instead of starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, I started at 8 a.m. Eastern because I did not set an alarm. I said, nope, I'm going to sleep as long as my body needs to tomorrow. Obviously, the kids wake you up, but that's not the same as waking up at 6 a.m. Struggling to drag myself out of bed and come down and stream. So that's what I've started to try to do. It's why I made the decision to not stream when I go home uh, for Thanksgiving. It's why I've been starting later recently. It's like, I'm not going to obsess about starting right at 7 a.m. I'm not going to obsess about waking up early in the morning. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give myself space to rest and take time off. Putting the phone away, putting the phone down. Um, last night, I was, wasn't feeling so hot because of the, like, just some of the sinus issues that I've been having. And I kind of felt like I had a little bit of a fever and a little bit of a headache. So I took some ibuprofen and I went up and I just sat in the bed. And while I was up there, my wife was like, stay off the phone. Don't sit there and obsess about anything or, or this metric or that metric. And I was like, I'm not. I was like, I'm on Reddit. I literally was just scrolling through Reddit and laughing at stuff and giving myself that injection of thoughtless escape you know give yourself those moments if you need captain mcfly what do you do to keep family life in balance with your career not just communication what keeps the family love tank full 
I mean, I've been bad about this, admittedly. I've been bad about this because of my struggles, because of my... I put a, a, an unbelievable amount of strain and stress on myself, making work the number one priority, uh, and that then means they take a back seat, right? And I'm going to share with you... I'm going to share with you something, I a revelation I had with my therapist, and this this might help you. What ends up happening is when you are allowing something like that to matter too much and you're obsessing about it too much, the moments that are meant to give me comfort and the moments that are meant to give me like respite and rest, they don't because they feel like inconveniences. So sweet times with my children aren't sweet times with my children. It's just time that I can't be checking my phone or the discord or checking on my numbers or looking at an email about an offer right? Those moments with them aren't sweet. They're not nourishing and life-giving because I'm obsessing about something else. Like they are merely at that point, they're, they're, they're interfering with what I want to do instead. So you have to really analyze like how much importance are you placing on your stream and your numbers and, and checking Twitter and everything else. If it's constantly on your mind to the point that it is hijacking moments that are supposed to be sweet and nourishing and comforting, what you'll end up doing is you're going to find comfort in something else. If you're not getting your your rhythmic injection of you know comfort and, and, and those good feelings you get from your family, your kids, your spouse, significant other, whatever it is you do, beers with the buds, game night with the ladies, whatever then the com- if you're not doing that or if when you're doing it you're just like I should be doing this instead or you're obsessing about other things the comfort doesn't land on you so then you're going to seek comfort in other things you're going to seek comfort in the habits that are more destructive whether it's drugs alcohol maybe you're addicted to something else maybe you're addicted to uh, I don't know whatever makes you feel good that that is at the same time destructive to you a lot of the times that's what we turn to because we're like I'm not getting I'm not getting the comfort that I'm supposed to be getting from my kids or whatever. And when that, when I came to that realization, it was like, it was like a big, it was like a big light bulb went off. Right? So, cause honestly, think about it like that. Like you can start to see your family as a source for good in your life. Instead of like, I got to punch this card today because it's my day off or whatever the case may be. You start to see it as like, no, 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 I need them. I need this. I need to be, I need to be attached to them. I need to experience this. I need to hold this moment and to be with them. And when you do that, then you start to feel comfort. You start to feel rejuvenated and it starts to show you that the priority that you've placed on, for me, it was work is so unbelievably high that it's destroying the very things that could bring me comfort and help me as I'm working through these things. Um, right? And so don't lose yourself by, by tying yourself to something that's going to start to slowly pull you down. And the real problem is, and this is, and this is something that's really, really difficult to parse, right? This is something that's really difficult to parse. Working and providing for my family is good. It's a good thing. It's not an ultimate thing. 
as soon as I make it an ultimate thing, it starts to corrupt and, and, and hurt me and harm my relationships. But it's a good thing, and that's how it deceives you into you 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 kind of enslave yourself to it. Because it, li- it lies to you. It's really easy to believe that lie because it's good, right? It's good to exercise. You can over-exercise and you can hurt yourself. You can obsess over exercising and make it such a priority in your life. You develop a self-image a, a, a problem with self-image or an eating disorder because you're so worried about your health and exercising you make it ultimate it becomes ultimate and it festers and grows into a monster that slowly kills you and so for me that's what I do I try to I try to have those moments with them now where like I'm not letting anything else in this moment this moment is mine it's for my daughter it's for me and nothing else is going to come in here and interfere with this and then that makes those moments life-giving and helpful a brand new Prime sub from uh, Zation Senshi. Thank you so much for using your Prime sub here. Uh, zero, then one. When it comes to mental health, do you think that being an internet personality causes harm? You often see burnout and serious mental issues that affect their well-being. What do you think is the cause? I'll tell you. Um, Carcian with the brand new Prime sub. Thanks for using your Prime sub here. Welcome to the Rageless. I'll tell you. The reason that so many streamers and content creators really really struggle with depression and anxiety is because there's there are like multiple there are multiple lanes of pressure that they feel let me explain it this way when you go in and you work on like a more traditional job and you punch your time card and you go home there's like one maybe two lanes of pressure you have to do a good job when you're there and you're doing this to earn money to provide for yourself or to provide for the people attached to you thank you prophecy for the prime sub so that's like a lane of pressure okay so picture it as like rushing water it's like it's hitting you but it's manageable you can kind of put your hand in front of it and you're like okay i'm good i've got this at bay i go in i do a good job i come home i pay my bills i provide for my family boom now, some jobs, that, that pressure from that water might be a lot. You're like, oh my gosh, my performance review is coming up. I need to sell. I need to do this. I need to do that. So you may feel more pressure or less pressure from a traditional job. It depends. It's a spectrum, right? Uh, two months from Scornful uh, Rapier. Thank you so much. Now, when it comes to streaming and content creation, that, that pressure to do well and perform and provide money is massive. It's like a fire hydrant, and it's not the only one. Thank you for 11 months, NJ Snipe. That's almost a whole year. It's not the only piece of pressure. There's another entirely unique beam of pressure coming over because this is your small business. You're in charge. You're the talent. You're the one managing everything, the taxes, the the, the relationships, the networking, uh, the potential sponsorships, right? All of that, all of that is on you. So like there's multiple lanes of pressure that come in and what it can end up doing is drowning a person. They just get drowned by it. They're like, I'm not good enough. My numbers aren't good enough. They start comparing themselves to other people. This person's more successful than me. This person's got more subs than me. Their viewers are higher than me. What What am I doing wrong? What are they doing that I'm not doing? And they just get lost in a, a, a sea. They just get overwhelmed by the water and they just get lost in that sea of... I'm just, I'm not good enough for this. I can't stream today. I'm never going to be as good as that person. I'm never going to be as good as this person. So there's just this, there's this array of unique pressures with content creation and streaming that I think 
comes in. There's another unique pressure for a lot of people, and I think this is why some of the times the people that are married with children, you don't see them struggling with this as much, or at least they're not publicly struggling with it as much, because I was struggling with this, but I wasn't being public about it. But I do think being married and having children helps a little bit, so you're not so isolated. Drill Massa with 20 months, nothing but love for you and your family. Thank you so much, Drill Massa. Like, if you're too isolated, then what ends up happening is you have nobody to talk to about this stuff, right? The Monday Night Podcast was always a really good source for me. It was like, wow, you know, other people are struggling with this. Other people are frustrated by these things. This is great. Like, these people are similar to me. That's always been a source of, of help to me. And then having, you know, my wife and kids to kind of ground me. But the wife and kids is, is unique in that it brings pressure while also bringing comfort. My problem was it became imbalanced. They weren't bringing comfort. They were only adding to the pressure and the anxiety because I would just get frustrated about having to spend time with them. So they weren't they weren't really functioning in the way where like it kept me grounded and it kept me, you know, feeling refreshed. It was more of like more frustration and almost like they were interfering with what I w- like truly wanted to do. So that's as best I can do to try to give you like a bird's eye flyover as to why content creators and streamers and YouTubers struggle so, so much with anxiety and fear and depression. And if you think about it, the type of people that are good at entertaining, they're people pleasers. They like to make people happy. And a lot of the times that means they really seek the approval of people. And if your numbers are down or your numbers go up and then they go down, you start to think that people don't like you. They don't respect you. They don't want to watch you anymore. And you take that as a judgment of yourself and your value and your worth because you attach yourself to the content. It's almost impossible not to attach yourself to the content because it's you. You're the one putting on the show. You're the one putting on the, the streams every day. So that is, that's a huge, huge significant reason why streamers need to open up more. Streamers need to be doing everything they can to keep themselves in healthy places and healthy cycles of sharing with whether it's friends or family or a therapist or something that isn't just isolation, isolation, isolation. Because that's what leads to all of this, all of the struggles, I think, that just going unchecked, you're going to end up like me. You're going to have this monster growing in your closet that turns on you and eventually corrupts everything that you think and then all of a sudden you're you're lost in the weeds of anxiety and self-loathing and depression and, and nobody likes me and nobody wants to be friends with me or whatever so and I don't say any of that to be like pity us pity us poor streamers as we play video games for a living right that's not what I'm trying to do I'm literally just trying to say these are the unique struggles and this is why you see so much mental health on the forefront You also have to remember that streamers are in front of you. So, of course, you're going to hear and see and and they're going to talk about their mental struggles because they're they're in the public eye, right? If they're in the public eye, then you're naturally just going to hear about them. Uh, Prophecy says, do you ever have regrets of streaming? I would say my biggest regret is placing too much emphasis on friendships and approval from people because at the ground level, it's still your business and it's still you still have to do it. It's on you. And I put such a huge emphasis on that. I think it did. I Like I said, I think I planted seeds of sabotage in my friendships. And I, I set myself up for the rejection and the betrayal and the gossip and the lies. Because it's real easy for people to raise an eyebrow and be like, this guy's kind of weird. He's always kind of behaved kind of weird. Because I was, I was obsessing over approval and people liking me. 
and I wish I wouldn't have done that. I probably, I probably hurt and harmed friendships that that's ultimately on me. Oh, I have an exotic on the ground. I have an exotic on the ground. I got the Cerberus. That's the one I've been wanting to try. Sorry for interrupting such a serious talk. That's pretty exciting. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Give me like one second. All right, I'm back. Okay. So that's my, that's probably my biggest regret uh, with streaming. Uh, Next question. Was Madam Crumpet aware, this is from Jeritol, was Madam Crumpet aware that you were dealing with, uh, and if it was not being attended, any of, uh, oh, and and if not, is she attending any of your sessions to see how she can help you during this time? Most of my, um, most of my homework, most of my homework from my therapist has been to have, like, sharing sessions with my wife to, like, open up and to talk about, you know, what's been going on in the sessions like those have been um those have been my homework assignments and so that's that's what i've been doing um she was aware that i was carrying stuff with me she was definitely aware that i was struggling with stuff and she was uniquely aware about the loss of friendships and like the lies and gossip and betrayal like she was really aware of that stuff because i was telling her about it and that ultimately was the catalyst to her being like you need to get some help right this isn't just you sort of dealing with something that like, oh, you know, because for a while there, I was holding on to things from my past and struggling with things from my past. I had carried things. I carried guilt and, and, and struggles and shame into our marriage. I mean, we've been married 11 years and I brought some of that into our marriage. Like everybody brings junk. Everybody brings baggage into their relationships. And she was always very encouraging to like get help, go and talk with somebody. You know, it could be really good. And this was like the punch she was like no you need to you need you need to go see somebody so shoots erratic bullets from a gun barrels at the same time aiming this weapon reduces the spread of its projectiles so i don't really understand the point of this gun it looks cool though uh so yeah she was aware and she was the one who really pushed for me to get help uh floyd did you find you had to try different therapists before you found one that you liked or clicked with how did you choose your therapist okay so I was uniquely lucky and blessed because I was really uniquely lucky and blessed because I had somebody close to me that was able to refer me to um, a therapist that was like a perfect fit for me. Um, It was a perfect fit for me. So the, the situation I was in was I basically met with this guy. I said, here's what I'm dealing with. Uh, here's what I'm struggling with. You know, can you help me? Because he was he was in the mental health field. And he was like, what you're dealing with and what you've kind of gone through and your history and your past, he's like, you would be a really, really good fit for this guy. He's a friend of mine. I really trust him. He's been, you know, he's been in the industry for a really long time. And so that was that was what helped me you may not be in a situation like that so sometimes you just have to literally like look up people in the area and as you said try i would say this i would say this if you immediately feel like it's not gonna work then don't go back a second time if you feel like it could work or they could help you then i would go back a second time and give them that second shot you may be like me right you may be like me and like i immediately knew i immediately knew that this guy was going to be able to help me 
I just could tell. I was like, this guy is gonna be this guy is gonna be helpful to me. Like I just knew that he was gonna be able to connect with me, the way he talked with me, just his demeanor, um, how accepting and non-judgmental he was, which pretty much everybody in the mental health field, if they're worth their weight in, in gold, which most of them are, right? They're always really helpful. Um then they're not gonna be very judgmental. So I, I, I could tell right away it was going to work. It, it took one session. I came home and I told my wife, I said, I like him. Because um, obviously that's, big, that's the big thing, right? You come back and your friend or your family member is like, how was it? And you're like, eh. And I was like, no, I like him. I want to go back. You know? So. Uh, Rain Dance. What do you think are some good qualities... Uh, what do you think are some qualities of your good friends? Things that you notice now looking back. I mean, probably my best and closest friend that I feel I could share anything with is 30 and so gaming, Mike. Like, he's just been there since for a very, very long time. And he has always been, he's been like a brother, right? So like, he'll give me guff and he'll give me crap, right? In, in a loving way. But he's, he's there. A lot of times, this that's just the value of a friend is they're there. They respond to messages. They respond to DMs. They don't judge. Like, I don't know. There's there's something about people like that when you're around them. Um, I experienced that the first time I met Clintus, right? Clintus, Clintus is, is, is in on some of this stuff. Now, I don't think I opened up. I don't know if I opened up to them about the therapy thing. I, th- I, th- I feel like I did, but I don't know if I did. Um, friends make time for you. Right, and... And everybody's a friend to a different degree, right? So sometimes you just can't make time for people. That doesn't mean you're not being a good friend. Maybe you just can't, right? And so, I mean, the first time I met Enviro, like, we just really, really commiserated about, like, our upbringing and things that happened to us. And I could just tell that I was in a a space where I wasn't going to be judged. And I think I put that same energy out. I put out that energy of, like, and I remember even saying, like, you, I, I like talking with you. There was just something that happened. There was something that happened with Mike and Clintus and, and people like that where, like, there's something that clicks. The mods, right? Milky, Mel, Username Geek, you know, Demins and, and Finn and all these people that have poured time into helping me and listening to me when I'm worried about the stream or when I'm concerned about the stream. They make time for me. They try to help me. They try to, they try to think through things, right, with me. And... Those are the kind of friendships, those are the kind of qualities in a friendship where I think you feel like, you feel like you're being, it's it's reciprocal, it's symbiotic, right? It's symbiotic, there's just something that happens where you can tell that you're in a, you are in a, you're in a space where you are supported and loved and they have your back. I don't know. If you're like, man, I don't have those things with my friends, or my friends are really distant, or they never respond to my messages, or they only make time for me when it's convenient, and I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like they don't, they don't really, they don't really value the friendship the way that I do, I would immediately just tell them, like, look, I, you know, I, I like you, and I like spending time with you, but lately I feel like I'm not even remotely a priority, and I don't feel like this is a, this is a healthy relationship because of that. I feel like I'm kind of quietly being judged and sort of discarded, and that's not good for you, right? If you're internalizing that and not expressing that, right? And I think a lot of the time, some people might be like, dude, I'm so sorry. I've been so busy lately. I've got my own things I've been dealing with and stresses and problems and blah, 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 blah. And they might be like, man, I'm sorry. I'm dealing with my own stuff. 
and then you can really commiserate and connect over over being like oh well yeah me too like you know i've been i've been struggling with work and pressure and you know my my breakup that was so hard and like all those different things that they may be going through similar things because they're just like they're they're just too busy. I've, I've gone through that with friends of mine. They're like, we need to get together, man. We need to get together. And you're always like, yeah, man, we need to get together. And then you don't get together. And I think a lot of the times it's because your lives are just busy. Sometimes you just get busier than you intend to. And you can't make time for those friends. It doesn't mean that you don't like them. Right? It doesn't mean that you don't like them. So. Some of my friends are going through similar things with depression and stuff. What's your best advice to help them? The best thing you can do for somebody that's struggling with depression or anxiety or any sort of like mental issue is just to ask questions and don't judge. Don't ask leading questions, you know. So does that make you angry? How does that make you feel? You know, empathize. I that's that's got to be really hard. I, you know, that has to be hard. That can't be easy. You know, and and to me and to me it's like that's one of the reasons therapists do such a good job that's one of the reasons therapists do such a good job is because they're like they're they're just a listening ear a lot of the times my 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 sessions have been so helpful and the guy doesn't say much he just asks really good questions right i remember once i remember once hearing somebody talking about um he was talking about a memory that he had from a funeral. He had lost somebody very dear to him and he had a really, really sweet friendship that grew out of the funeral because there was a friend of his that was just there. He showed up and he just was there. Would sit there and hold a cup of coffee and just be present and listen. And sometimes you just sit there and you don't say a dadgum thing. You're just an anchor in reality for them, right? And he said he remembered that so, so clearly, and they became really good friends through it. And he said that a lot of the times when someone goes through a trauma or they're going through pain or they're suffering, they're not going to remember anything you say. So, Because I think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves. I'm not going to know what to say. I'm not going to be able to say anything profound or helpful. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a professional. Sometimes, like... Sometimes all they need is an anchor in reality to let them know that eh, it's going to be okay. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'll just sit here on this porch with you while we, you know, drink some sodas or beers or whatever. And, you know, that sometimes is all they need. He, I mean, cause think about it. Whenever somebody loses somebody, whenever someone dies, we, we saw that in, uh, we saw that in the Spider-Man game, whenever, you know, Pete went to go comfort Miles. Miles is like, you're going to tell me that it's going to be okay. You're going to tell me that, you know, it'll all work out, that everything's supposed to happen for a reason. So basically, Miles basically spouted a bunch of platitudes back to Pete that he had already heard a hundred times over, right? So sometimes you're like putting all this pressure on yourself to say the perfect thing. They don't want to hear the perfect thing. They just want somebody to listen and sit with them. So. Uh, guest Schaefer. How'd you find your therapist? I already told this story. I, I, I had a guy, he gave me a list of people that he thought would be really helpful to me. And then he, uh, he really recommended the guy at the top. He's like, he's older and more experienced. He's going to cost a little bit more. He's like, but I think he'd be the best fit for you. And he was. So, um, 
I thought about seeing someone, and after some subpar attempts to schedule something, I still haven't uh, seen anyone, and I don't know how to find someone that will help or be covered by my insurance. Uh, call your insurance company. They can give you a list. Call your insurance company. They should be able to give you a list of therapists that they'll uh, they'll pay for. Uh, Black Eye says, good on you for speaking out on this subject. I'm a vet and 22... Uh, I'm a vet and 22 a day resonates to me resonates to me daily with my own struggles. One thing if you can could you explain to people that it's going to feel a bit weird for a few sessions? Maybe share with them your own feelings around the sessions and how it felt to find a therapist and fits your concerns. Yeah okay so basically the first thing the therapist is going to do is he's just they're, they, he or she is just going to want to get to know you. They're going to want to hear your story. Why are you, Why are you here today? Why are you here today? And you're just going to share your story. You're going to be like, where do I start? Um, do I start with when I was seven and I wrecked my bike and my dad cussed me out? Like, that didn't happen to me. I'm making that up. Right? Like, where do I begin? You know, childhood? And typically what you'll do is work your way backwards. You'd be like, this is the immediate pain and frustration and struggle. This is the immediate suffering that I'm feeling and then you'll start to go backwards and they'll start to push into when did this start you know when do you think it really became uh, life altering right there's nothing wrong with being sad and there's nothing wrong with worrying worry and anger and sadness in huge doses like too much leads to worry too much worry is anxiety too much anger leads to uh, rage and you know, uncontrollable fits and explosions, right? And then, you know, too much sadness leads to depression. Those emotions aren't bad, but they're going to try and deduce, like, at what point did this become unmanageable for you? When did it become life-altering? And then they're just going to slowly start to piece through and try and connect dots for you. Because a lot of the times, that's all you're doing initially. You're not going to sit down. Thank you, Nightstar, for the brand new Prime sub. You're not going to sit down and in one session they're going to be like, yeah, this is what you need to do. Go home and do this and you're going to feel better. Right? It's not like going to the doctor and being like, my arm hurts. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, you have uh, scissors sticking out of your arm. We're going to take that out, stitch you up, and uh, take these pain meds. You'll be better in a couple weeks. It's not like that. They're trying to piece together the story of your life to figure out what started it, what triggers it now, what may trigger it in the future. Are there ways for you to, you know, to manage this on your own? Etc. Uh, Sergeant uh, Galaxia. Glad to uh, hear more support for mental health. In your journey, have you ever considered meditation? It has helped me in big ways to be more grounded in observing thoughts and emotions. Much love. Um, I have I've done I've done some meditation. I want to get to a place where I can actually benefit from it because right now my mind just it, I can't calm my mind down. Which is the entire purpose of meditation, right? Um, it's like saying, you should sleep more, and then you have insomnia. It's like, well, thanks. You know what I mean? So for me, like meditation doesn't achieve what you would want to get out of it because you end up uh, you end up sort of just having your mind wander anyway. And then your mind wanders about, why is my mind wandering? Why can't I meditate? Well, you know, this and this and this are bottom. You know what I mean? Goose Daddy with a brand new Prime stuff. Thank you. Uh, do you think playing games can help with your mental health? Yes, because a lot of the times, one of the best things for a person to do, and this is why therapy can be so helpful, they need to escape. They need to escape the monsoon of their own feelings and emotions and uncontrollable thoughts, right? 
Your thoughts and emotions are controllable with time, with guidance, with therapy, but usually in the immediacy of the problem and the, and the presenting struggles, they don't have control over their emotions. They're living in un, like an uncontrolled you know, life with respect to emotions and mental states, right? So a lot of times they literally just need an escape to stop the, not necessarily if they have voices, they might, I don't know. They may have voices in their head. We all have voices to one degree or another. Um, but sometimes video games can literally just be that moment of silence that you need to escape the waves that just won't stop. You know, that just keep washing over you. Uh, that's why I think video games can be helpful. You need to be careful with video games because escapism is not the only answer. This is why I think a lot of people who mean well on Twitter and Twitch and YouTube, they talk about mental health and they're not qualified to talk about mental health. Like, I'm just constantly telling you, talk to a friend or family member and then go talk to a professional. I'm not giving you, like, actual tangible advice or telling you what to do. And the reason for that is a lot of people just promote self-medication, which isn't helpful, right? Escapism can be helpful, but escapism is not the answer, right? If there's a grizzly bear in your basement that that could attack and kill you, going upstairs and locking the door is a form of escapism, but it's not going to get rid of the grizzly bear. Every time you need to go down in that basement, you're going to risk getting completely decimated by it. Right? You need to talk to a professional. How am I going to get a grizzly bear out of my basement? Right? You can keep you can keep that door locked for a while. You can keep running away from the grizzly bear. Maybe you end up upstairs. Maybe he gets into the second floor. Maybe he gets into the first floor. Whatever. Right? So self-medication is not always the answer. Self-medication can actually lead to greater problems. Because what you end up doing is you you ignore the underlying issues, right? If you have underlying issues of like shame and guilt and anxiety and fear and anger and you're like well, I, I play video games or I meditate and it just takes my mind off of it. That's good and that's great. That might get you to a place where you have some stability or equilibrium or whatever, but that's not treating the actual problem. Self-medication is honestly sometimes far more dangerous than just becoming unraveled because if you become unraveled and you hit rock bottom, then you might be more likely to reach out to a friend or family member for help. If you just keep self-medicating, you're just hiding and disguising the fact that you're still suffering. You know what I mean? This is why this is why you should always, always seek professional help um, when you're thinking about like medic actual medication. Now, when I say self-medicating, I mean like in an actual like I do this and it makes me feel better. Video games and escapism can make you feel better, but they're not necessarily the answer to your problems. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Maybe you have low-level anxiety low-level depression or whatever and your form of I do this, 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 and this, and it really, really helps me, maybe that's all you need to do. Right? Maybe that's all you need to do. But I really, really get concerned about some of the advice I see people giving because it's like, you're not a professional. So, you need to stop giving that advice and really push somebody to go and talk to somebody who's qualified. Because you could be encouraging somebody to self-medicate who is in a terrible place and you're going to push them further down the basement steps. You're going to push them further down the basement steps. 223. Lono, do you do any exercise or physical activities to help with your mental health? If so, what do you do? I don't, and that's probably something I'm going to be told I need to do. 
either my PCP or my therapist are probably going to tell me if you're having issues with anxiety and heart palpitations when you feel anxiety, then you need to do you need to do some physical activities. Um, so I need to. <laughs> Uh, Embrace Gaming says, what did you notice was getting worse as regards to your mental health? Um, I just felt like my life was becoming unmanageable. My feelings were becoming unmanageable. Um, you know, my wife would be like, get off your phone, get off your phone. I was having trouble sleeping. Um, I was snapping at people on stream and stuff. I was getting angry. I was getting angry way more often. I was getting angry way more often. And it's like, when I started to feel like I wasn't in control, I was like, I need, dude, I need to talk to somebody. It's like, I'm not in the driver's seat anymore, man. I'm not. These emotions and these feelings and these, 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 these things that are happening are making me feel, are making me feel worse. And I, I'm just not, I'm not even remotely in control of my life. And that's, those were the symptoms, right? It's like a lot of times it's like, I feel sad. Well, what happened? Well, my, my spouse or my child died. Well, you're going to feel sad for a long, long time. That's not necessarily a problem, right? That's not a problem. But, but if you, if you feel sad for a year and it's affecting you to the point, it's affecting you to the point that you're like, I literally can't function. I'm not getting out of bed. I'm missing work. If normal day-to-day life and relationships are being are being harmed, then I would say that's when you need to seek out help. That's why I knew I was like, it's affecting my relationship with my wife. It's affecting I'm not I'm not connecting with my kids. Like I'm my stream is being negatively affected. I'm getting angry. I'm lashing out at people. You know what I'm saying? Like these are things that I was doing that didn't seem didn't seem right. It was like, man, I am I'm really coming untethered here. So that's, 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 that's when I knew and having somebody to honestly tell me like my wife being like, you need to talk to somebody was helpful as well. Fatal Symphony. Do you think the reason why you like to do alter egos on stream Hillbilly Jack is so that you can escape from being you? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I, you know, maybe I, it definitely, I really enjoy allowing Hillbilly Jack to take over. It's a fun, it's a very, very fun escape, you know? He gets to he gets to be and do things that I don't, you know, and that that can be I don't know that 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 can be in some ways therapeutic, you know, it can be. Stupocalypse, thanks for opening up. It's an excellent topic that's getting blown off as being weak. I've struggled with my own depression, hated life, was always a happy person, but my mid twenties hit me really hard. I eventually changed my diet, and that was enough to know. The sugar and all the candy and desserts was causing it. Keep up the great work. Yeah, I actually um, don't have to do much to my diet. I mean, I have coffee and Coke probably maybe a little too much, but I'm not like... I, I actually don't like candy that much. So, um, yeah. But that, yeah, definitely talk to a nutritionist if you feel like that could help you as well. Uh, Cooper Fire. Did at any point you think you were uh, you were going to fight depression? Man, I think depression was waiting for me around the corner, that's for sure. Because I felt sad and I felt angry. But I felt I felt anger 
a whole lot more profoundly than I felt anything else. I was very angry. Uh, very angry. And I still am to a certain degree, but it subsided quite a bit. And anxiety took hold because the fear of like, what's this going to do? What am I supposed to do? What's going to happen to my career? What's going to happen to my family? You know, I'm trying to provide for them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely felt that, 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 that pull of like, dude, like you, you are, uh, you're, you're going to, you're going to go further down the, the rabbit hole here. If you're not lucky, um, you're going to, I'm going to go further down the rabbit hole. If I'm not careful, I'm going to, I'm going to become, I'm going to become worse. So blurriness ever tried meditation for helping being in the moment and present when you are trying to enjoy moments that are uh, away with the family I found it helps stress and anxiety myself yeah I mean I know that uh, meditation can be helpful and as I already took a question about this um, I definitely can see um, it, I can definitely see how that could be uh, hugely helpful I just can't quiet my brain enough to do it uh, gank says I've been dealing with depression and anxiety for years now. My wife knows about it and she suffers from it as well. We talk to each other uh, to get through it. Lately, it has been really bad with me. Me and my wife have opposite work schedules. So on the weekends, there's only time that we have together. That adds on to the depression. I haven't talked to her in a while about how I'm feeling uh, in fear of hurting her feelings, but I don't have time to go see someone to help. What should I do? Well, for starters, I don't think you're going to hurt her feelings. I think usually the fear that we have about speaking up is an irrational fear. So when I was like, I don't want to let anybody know I'm seeing a therapist, right? People are going to laugh at me and make fun of me. That's an irrational fear. That didn't happen. Everybody was super encouraging yesterday. So many, so many kind words, so many kind notes. Um, I did the wrong thing here. I went to go to, I I went to go down to the planet and I went uh, into the raid. So many kind words and encouragement. So I would say probably talking with her first would be a good first step. And then after that, maybe make it a joint effort. Maybe you guys can work on it together about like finding somebody to talk to. So. Uh, do you exercise? How often and what do you do? No, I probably should. Um, Enviro says, you spoke about streaming friendships going south. Obviously for mental health, uh, maintaining non-toxic friendships are important for mental health. Do you feel being, gar- being guarded and closed off has harmed your mental health? Or do you feel like the friendships you have now are those that are the most important to maintain? I have a hard time trusting people after some situations in my life. I find it hard to open up truly. Yeah, okay, so this is where there's two there's two pits you can fall off into. I fell into the pit of I need these people to like me and love me and I acted and behaved in really strange ways because of it. Um, and it led to, like I said, some self-sabotage, I think, in the friendships. Uh, so, again, like I said, I hold blame because I just was, I just don't think I was ever truly myself. And that, so that's a pit that you can fall into is just over, over caring and over prioritizing people liking you, which will lead to really unhealthy, just unhealthy stuff. Because then, then you might act differently. You might behave differently. You might do stuff that just isn't normal for you. And then it'll lead to, here's the, here's the sad, here's the sad story about it. 
let's say I still was, I still had those friendships, right? Let's say I still had, um, I, that, that nothing actually ended up happening, right? That, that I didn't lose the friendships, okay? The thing is, is I was always fill, filled with fear and anxiety anyway about them suddenly not liking me. I always feared that. I always was like, one of these days, they're just going to be like, nah, we don't really like you, right? That ended up happening anyway. <laughs> but And a lot of that, like I said, a lot of that was probably self-made. A lot of it was self-made. It was like, I, was, I wasn't acting like myself, and I think it made it easy to be like, we don't really, really know or connect with this person because he just, I seemed probably fake. And so it's like a, it's like a, it's such a big giant irony, right? It's like, I really want these people to like me and accept me. And then you stress about it so much that you actually end up making them not like you. You see what I'm saying? So walling yourself off, um, Walling yourself off can lead to similar situations where you just, you never really feel like you truly connect with anybody. A self-fulfilling prophecy, right, right, exactly. Walling yourself off can have similar, similar detriments because then you feel like, I can never truly trust anybody, and if I can never truly trust anybody, I'm gonna give everybody like a generic surface level version of myself. And if you give everybody a generic, a generic sort of surface level version of yourself you're doing the same thing right you're you're not ever really truly connecting with anybody so then you're just going to feel like you're maybe you're being fake or you feel like maybe you're you're just not really truly making any friends which will further that that cynicism and that suspicion of like does anybody truly like me so ban pie i have been anxious about seeing a therapist for my depression mainly from the fact uh, that I'm unloading on someone who is essentially a stranger. Without giving out detailed information, can you describe your first experience with the therapist? Yeah, I basically did that. I just sort of dumped on them, like, bleh, like you just kind of vomit all your information out. And it feels like a lot. It's exhausting. You're going to actually feel tired after your first session because it's so emotionally draining. Um, so... I feel like you uh, you know when you can open up with people like when I met you. It's harder to me for me to determine, especially in the streaming community. Oh, it's definitely hard to determine who you can open up with. It definitely is. Um, so the first session with the therapist is gonna feel is gonna feel like exhausting. You're just gonna unload. You're just gonna unload on them. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's really good and helpful to get it all out. Now you're like, oh, it's essentially a stranger. I think you'll be surprised. This feels counterintuitive. You'll be surprised at the comfort level you feel with a stranger. You will. You'll be very, very surprised at how comfortable you feel sort of bearing your soul to a stranger. Because number one, they're not going to be judgmental. Number two, there's no risk of like a friendship or like a loss. It's just like, this is just a therapist. You know, this is a person that's meant to, you know, that's, that's going to try and help me. So I, I truly don't think you'll feel like, oh, I'm just completely unloading on a stranger. I think it's very, very, uh, and the word, the word is apt here, right? It's very therapeutic. Star Destroyer, how do you get to the fact, um, how do you get over the fact that I've never talked about my emotions and it's just kind of all bottled up? Uh, I would say, I would say that you will... You will probably be surprised that when you start, it all kind of just comes falling out of you. It all just kind of starts falling out of you. Because 
you are you're sort of letting there's a lot of times people have like they have like a reservoir of an emotion whether it's sadness anger fear whatever it is um strangers have no bias right so they just sort of take in the information and they don't like have like a version of you that they're gonna take in the information and like read it in light of what they think about you they don't know you you know what I'm saying so um a lot of the times and I I, like I've been in I've been in and around um group therapy sessions with people that a person just a person just comes undone they're like, oh my gosh, like I never thought I had that in me. And a lot of that's because they just are able to open up. And and as soon as they let it out, man, the floodgates open. So sometimes you just have to take that first step. Sometimes you just have to take that first step. And then it'll all start coming out. Um, and not everybody's the same with expressing emotions as others. So don't feel like there's something wrong with you if you express your emotions less than or more than other people. Some of that's just your personality. Uh, IMD fan. This is more of a statement. I've struggled with suicide for 23 years. I've tried a lot of things. People listening is the number one thing to help. Streaming and watching streams help me a ton because it fills the time that I normally struggle alone. It's good to let people know they are not alone and if people want help, don't avoid uh, or judge. Just listen, 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 listen. It just helps depression a lot. It's good that this person shared this, so I applaud you for sharing it because literally we had somebody earlier say, how do I help my friend? You know they they've been struggling with depression and I don't I don't know what to say. As this person here is saying, just listen. That's the good first step as a friend, I think. Uh, Blood's rain. I've been watching in Lurk Wode for a few weeks now, and this is the first time I'm stepping out in your chat. I tend to let anger take control of my true emotions and it's causing issues at home with my wife. I just started seeing a therapist about a month ago to work through a lot of things going on in my life right now and I just want to let you know that I truly appreciate your honesty and openness about your struggles. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because that's exactly what we kind of wanted to have happen uh, in this in this situation was people feeling empowered to both share and get help. So take his story, my story, and any other stories that have been shared today uh, and see that you can get help, and it works. Last question uh, from Juicebox. Now that you're working to get things back on track, have you thought about trying to mend fences with people, not becoming friends again necessarily, but reaching out and letting them know uh, where you were and how uh, and what you were working on with you? Um, I think I'm going to let people, if they're, if they're open to it and, and interested, they can watch this. And if they feel like reaching out, then I'm... I'm always willing, I'm always willing to mend, mend fences. Always, always willing to mend. Um, so, but I don't know if I'm going to reach out to anybody. I'm always willing to meet, meet in the middle and talk and, and own my part in things and, and, and mend and rebuild. I'm always willing to do that, but I don't necessarily think, I don't have a lot of hope that that's going to happen. Um, I don't have a whole lot of hope that it's going to happen, but if it does, great. But I'm not I'm not hanging my I'm not hanging my emotional state and my journey and my mental health on on the on the hook of rebuilding friendships. Because as again, I hold my own part in it, right? I was very fake, I was very different, I was very much a chameleon and trying to fit in so 
so much that the friendships weren't genuine and I was a part of that that like I hold my part in that and and the friendships weren't real that's why they dissolved so quickly and so easily so what would we really be rebuilding now starting over sure let's start over let's start over you know let's rebuild uh, trust and friendship and I'll be I'm trying to be a more genuine version of myself but the truth is there's not really a friendship to rebuild and part and, and a big part of that is me and I laid all the groundwork for that so we'll see I'm hopeful that I'm more hopeful about my own mental health and stability for the sake of my family and the business and you guys and giving you guys a good show and not being so frustrated and so pent up so and I'm already feeling better just even after today sleeping in not worrying about getting up and going live taking the time off when I go home for Thanksgiving like knowing that's not hanging over my head like packing stuff up and taking it with me and streaming in my parents basement and hoping the bit rate's good all that stuff like I don't have to worry about any of that stuff so that's where I am that's where I am if you've made it this far and you're listening and you're not watching live I appreciate you listening to my journey I'm going to share more of this journey in other talks maybe uh, maybe share my life story to make more sense of what's gone on with me, my upbringing, uh, my past, things that happened, things that were done to me, uh, things that things that harmed me, uh, abuse and things that happened. Not my family. My family's been amazing. Um, but I may share more of that. And I may just share more, and I'm probably planning on uh, sharing more of my journey through therapy and through my growth and just through the changes that I'm trying to make. So, um, and Pigbag is in chat, says... Uh, Pigback says, just letting everyone know, I saw a therapist a few years ago, and I would say I'm feeling fine now. It does help. Thank you, Pigbag. You've been a long-standing member of this community. You have a two-year badge. You're in and out infrequently. Thank you for sharing that. Very serendipitous for you to come here and share that right at the end of this. So, I'm going to keep on streaming. We can keep on talking. We can keep on sharing. Don't hold it in. Share in chat. Share with somebody in a whisper. Share with somebody. Share with a friend. Share an email. Something. Hit that send button. Hit that send button on that text or that DM or that tweet or that message, hit it, and start the process now. Start the process now if you're if you're needing to talk. And we're going to keep talking. But I'm going to end the podcast here. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, be, feel free to come to the chat and share, twitch.tv slash Rage, or come share with me on Twitter at Rage. As with all my content, I appreciate you listening or watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.